And here with Mr. Matty Holmes. Now, before we get stuck in, I tell people every now and then I've got so-and-so coming on, this, that, and the other. The response I've had about you coming on, like, I think you might be one of the best rappers in the UK. Like people underappreciated those kind of things. So I'm thinking, okay, that's all right. Then we're getting we're getting someone who's well respected in the community. So that's a nice little introduction if I've ever heard one. <laughs> okay, cheers, for <laughs> Hey, holding up. I'm good, good. Just um, like most people, to be honest with you, waiting to get going. Um, yeah, crawling up the walls. Yeah. <laughs> How about yourself? Yeah, doing all right, man. I stay ticking along bits and bobs. Definitely the podcast is helping me keep me busy. Um, yeah. There's a few things I wanted to sort of go into with this. So obviously one of your main training partners, Ben Hills, I've had the yeah. pleasure of being manhandled by him. And yeah. the way he's developed is really interesting, but he always speaks very highly of yourself. So regards of your training with people you train with regularly, how would you like to sort of mix up those rounds to always keep them, I don't know, competitive? Um. I, I look for a broad things in roles and like sometimes like if it's an easier role, I'll look to play different games, different styles, maybe play with new stuff. But um, I think you've got to sometimes give a little bit of ground up as well. Sometimes not every role is about like I've got to win that role. Sometimes you've got to get put in these bad positions and just get some experience there. But um, keeping competitive rounds, so obviously that's a big one. It keeps you very sharp. Like, there's a lot, lot to be said for development, gripping, like, easier roles, if you know what I mean. Mm. I think there's a lot to be gained there, but at the same time, you need someone who makes you take a backward step. Sometimes you're not always being proactive. You're having to be a bit more reactive in your roles, if you get what I mean. Oh, 100%. And this is where it gets really interesting as to how you then, I don't know, perhaps we go forward and compete in that same kind of mindset. So, for example, are you very much... I don't know, system-orientated. So I go to A so I can get to B and then to C. Is it more push-pull reactions as such? Like, How do you tend to, I don't know, have your competition rounds as in the actual competition, as when you compete, you see what I mean? Yeah, so um, there's there's a lot of, like, very early on when I started grappling, um, my game was a lot more of a fundamental base. It was like, so that I always made that a big part of my game. So a lot of these things come naturals and I just apply fundamental um, concepts to things. So I've, I've always found concepts help, help the most, but I do have like my set ways of like channeling people the way I want them and getting the, the positions to play the way I want them and knowing how they'll react and then I can counter this way and so forth, if you know what I mean. So a bit of a, a, bit of a concept approach, but equally I do have like set plans and setups and traps I like to lay and yeah. It was interesting that when it comes to concepts, especially when you start to learn jiu-jitsu, then the more you seem to do, the less you seem to want to explain in a certain way. Like, you know, less is more. It's not this grip, this grip, that grip. No, control the posture, control the grip, control this, and that's it, job done. And being able to still be creative with that. And with yeah. that sort of being said then, do you have, I don't know, A and B games per se, or is it more just specific positional awareness? Um, I, I'm, I'm quite um, Ben Hills if you'd speak to Ben Hills about like I, I do play I can play off my back top position I like to wrestle sometimes I'm not quite as confident as I used to be in the earlier days because um, in next gen sometimes you can be as many as 80 on the mat so once it comes up into the wrestling position sometimes I have to sit down and then obviously I'm only getting wrestling in sometimes the smaller sessions but for like my first five years of grappling, every round starts up a feet. So I still enjoy wrestling as well. I'm not as good as I used to, or, or I used to think I, I was anyway. But um, yeah, it's it's about getting all kinds of different types, isn't it? Mm. That's the main thing I think with grappling. You need a bit of variety for everything. 
so this is an interesting sort of tangent here. So obviously you learn how to do certain things, different styles, but the more hours you put into a certain technique and game or system, the more versed you get in that. Now, yeah. would you not double down on that to the people you'd be going against? Again, the same build, the same belt rank, or would you try to get the same style you've got against all different types of bodies to try and make it more universal, if you see what I mean? Yeah, um, I think there's certain types of things in Jiu-Jitsu you can do what suits certain body types, absolutely. Um, I, I, I think your Jiu-Jitsu generally should be something what most people can do. So it shouldn't be like... I'm also, obviously, if, if you there's some people who are gifted with flexibility. We've got um, a guy called Aaron Jordan in our gym who walks around at about eight, 85 key, about my height, about 5'10". And like the flexibility that guy's got is unbelievable. Obviously, if you've got really, really good flexibility, of course you should use it. But I like to have a game where like everybody else can do as well, if you know what I mean. Mm, you know, I, th- I start, think it'll yeah. I think it'll fare me in the long run as well. So like when I start to lose a bit more athleticism, <laughs> I think I pronounced that wrong. And maybe I get a bit stiffer, flexible. Like uh, I need to be able to play my game at all kinds of paces, whether I'm rolling slow or fast, because like I can go through the gears at the moment, but like, can I do that in 10 years from now? I don't know. So I need to be able to play the full spectrum, if you like. I like that kind of understanding of the bigger picture that the here and now, like, you know, athletic prime, everything else, you know, all the bells and all the whistles, everything's, you know, on a platter, but the cartwheel passing, the athletic movements, are like, mm, maybe not do that when you're an OAP a little bit, maybe, you know, yeah. learn some half guard and get comfy. It's kind of, I don't know, it makes sense to do something that's more, I don't know, retainable, more, I don't know, consistent, I want to say, because again, can you do it when you're fatigued? Can you do it under pressure? Can you do it against all these different shapes and sizes? Yeah. Like playing a bottom half guard, all the entries and this, that and the other, regardless of the level you're against, it's pretty universal. Whereas, especially with space every now and then, people running in and crashing into each other, you need to be a bit careful, I feel, with that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely... Sorry, I was just not... Um, phone going off there, making noise in the background, sorry. No drama at all. It's not like being popular. It's all right, don't worry. Uh, I don't know about that. Man, I- <laughs> Good. But now this is where it gets more applicable here. So your competition training opposed to normal yeah. training. Do you try to change your mindset at all or your rounds the same kind of pace and intensity? Like how would you like to make that switch? Um so I, I'm I'm very creative. I'm always like playing with my own things, uh, um finding things what can work. More often than not things what can't work, but having fun with it in the meantime, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um I do quite a few things quite unique and um like for back takes, say an example, I've started playing with like when I take the back, usually traditionally we're taught we take the back, then we get the hooks in, we get our control and then we get the neck. I've been looking at ways to enter the back. So I've already opened the chin up, I'm under the neck and I'm, I've actually won that battle before I've won the hooks. So now it, it pulls them away from how they traditionally defend because you get used to defending your back. If someone gets your back, you once you feel the hooks in, then you go into people automatically kick into like hand fighting once you feel the hooks going so just trying to mix it up so i like to play with different play the game a little bit different sometimes not all the time but just sometimes to mix it up but but, um when i've got a competition or a match coming i i strictly stick to the things i do best or what i've identified i can do in that match or what i think will work well on that person and then i will consistently stick to them things but usually it's sticking to my bread and butter things and just getting them sharp, getting the timing right, and just getting ready, yeah. There's so much in that I want to go into. So, for a bit of context to this point now, 
when I first learned to triangle as a white belt, I thought if I've got it in my guard, I've already triangled them. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the, as you start to realise that's not how it always works out, you start realising the little incremental mini battles, the um, micro adjustments per se, and the jujitsu yeah. <laughs> But what you said there again, the sort of the cues, the certain the follow ups, and the reactions again, that's so intricate. I love that. Now, regards your understanding of that point, there is that something Rimmer's been an influence for, or is it something you've noticed yourself? Where have you got this sort of, I don't know, awareness from? Um, there's there's been a lot of influences in my jujitsu life. What have made me feel like um, Rimmer's definitely brought a lot of ideas and made me feel like sometimes you can get so caught up in your way of thinking, you can't see people's other viewpoints and the way they think. So you've always got to be open to like think of a people's way it doesn't mean you have to like totally buy that idea but you should always be open to it and experience and play with these other ideas like there's been things sometimes when like rimmers show me things and i've kind of preferred the way i've done it for a while and in the end i've started doing it his way a little bit and then i've come full circle i like it the way and then sometimes i've gone the other way and just stuck to them it's about finding what, um, it's just about being open. You'll find far more available to you. And even even if it doesn't end up being your bread and butter, your general knowledge will just increase because that's what we're all ultimately trying to get over everything. I believe knowledge becomes above your athleticism, how fit, how strong you are. I think knowledge is absolute the, the king. And then once you back that up with all the other attributes, you're in a pretty good spot, I believe. Oh, 100%. It all adds to the Arsenal. And again, being able to be open. I like the way you're explaining that because a lot of people don't quite understand what that means. If you've said something and I've listened, that's not me taking it in. That's the minimum. I know what you've said to me, then I'm listening, not to wait for you to finish, and also understanding what it means. But then also trying this stuff out. Then also listening as if it's gospel. But then, okay, in my locker, I now have this reference point and my own reference point. So now what? And then you can make your decision from that point. Where people have that sort of... I say people, me included in this very, very firmly is, you know how a kid says they don't like vegetables because they haven't tried them yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you can't say I don't like it. How much time have you given it? How many hours have you put in doing that? Like, I don't know, knee shield to Gordo sweeper of the standard sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Never. And there we are, that's half the problem. How, how much do you like your, I don't know, half butterfly? So how much have you played it? <laughs> and this is sort of the point. And regards of how you like to drill and how to learn. I'm, are I'm you, losing you a little bit here, sorry. No, John's still working. Okay, now. Yep. Are you still there? Yeah. yeah. Can you? Uh, <sighs> Is everything right? You still there? Yeah. Can you Hello? hear me? <laughs> yeah, back in there where that's that sorted. Yeah. Um, no, worries. So, no worries. So, not sure where it cut out, but where I was sort of going with this is: how do you drill? Do you do the individual technique? in its infancy just as is in like a lot of detail is it action reaction flows movement open stuff how would you like to drill um so when i first start learning a move i just like to understand personally i like to do things in like a reverse order so like when i want to get good at leg locks my seat my, the way i went about it was i didn't learn loads of leg lock entries in fact i've done very few leg lock entries i got really good at like the finish and the breaking mechanics and the splitting the legs and getting to your grips, um, just getting to your finishing sequences. So I got really good at like finishing inside the honey hole, if you like. So then once I had the confidence to be good in that area, then it gave me, I felt like I had more driving to go learn in the past. So as regards to actual drilling, I like to just 
go over the sequences lots. Then I like to be able to do the sequences quite quick. I think if you can, like, Rim is quite big on this as well. If you can do things quite quick, it means you're like, you know them that well. Like, you can just pop, 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 pop and, and do it. Because the reality is as well, when you go live, unless you're in a position where you've got a lot of control and they've not got many options, sometimes there's going to be sequences where you are going to have to go through a few steps quite quick and sometimes doing a few things at once. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think when you can do things quick, that shows that you're very aware of it. Um, in the drilling as well, rather than just doing it loosely, obviously you want at some point some level of resistance, not absolutely wild resistance where like it puts you off the move and you get like, you associate like, oh, that move doesn't work you need to like gradually build on it and really understand the control because like you can learn a position but like there's knowing a position and then there's truly knowing a position where like you can feel where to direct all the pressure all the force if you get if that makes any sense to you oh 100 again i was sort of really into that because when it comes to learning all these facets fancy this that and the others and even like this sort of old school sort of judo and the wrestling mentality is you do the entry so many times but the finish is something you do a lot less. But the fact you prioritize the finishing mechanics, the actual, once you're there, you know you've already got your medal, already sorted, it's already won. But what has encouraged you to learn in that that way of doing it? Is it something you've found beneficial in the long term? Is it something you've always done from the word go? Like, how have you understood that way of doing it? Like, um, like all of us, like we're, we're, when we roll, like we're all guilty of it. So I know we say we shouldn't try to win every roll, and we can all be guilty of that. As much as I talk about, like I like to get position up and work from certain positions, we all get pulled into like we we want to do good. So the more you run into problems, if you're good at getting to like a finishing position, you know, like every time I'm there, I hit that. You, you will get so you will fight so much harder when you do go live to get into that finishing position and the entries you know you're driving home so much harder and the reality is you need to be able to do these sequences against a fully resistant person in the end and if you've if you've got if you've got a real confidence in yourself in finishing from a position if you get there if i me personally i feel like i've got that much more drive to hit it live and just to get to that point it feels like i'm halfway there I only i've only got as halfway half as far to go if you like if i know i can finish once i'm in that end part of the, of the um attack if you like so if i've got this right it's almost the slack's taken out of it as such so there's no fiddling around once you've got the group to sort out your control from that point on was that sort of slack time to adjust it is now gone so once you've got it it's yeah. just not to done there's no sort of calibration make sure you feel out okay they're not yeah. flinching enough and so on and so forth there's the bite then obviously there's obviously as well like when you are drilling you should slowly learn to do it with increased um with resistance <laughs> if you like get excited just running around yeah, as but when you fit, when, the, the cool thing about like drilling as well like people don't realize like there's a lot of moves what are quite similar and share similar kind of concepts so like when you're learning a move like it might not be a move what is totally for you maybe you don't think it totally fits into the game it doesn't mean you shouldn't try to understand that move and why that move works and then like maybe there's parts of that move where you can apply to something later on or maybe it's you end up coming back to that and you've got that knowledge in that area uh, i don't know if you get my way the way i'm kind of trying to think no definitely again this is something it's very hard to articulate over words instead of showing it like for example the Kimura I'm, I'm trap not the system. greatest talker, by the way. So if I make a 
Well, I, I, I disagree with that. So far, so good. But like, for example, like the Kimura trap, for example, like, is that just a submission? Well, no, it's a control. Can you get the back from me? You can do this, that, and the other. But yeah. to explain that in its infancy is, oh, you can take everything from here. So it's not really the point. You fix the shoulder. They can't then turn inwards. There's a pocket here to get your knee in and so on and so forth. Again, it's hard to give individual examples, but that's just one to sort of explain the point still. And again, it's the sort of shapes and it's less is more. Again, this is why it's hard to appreciate why this is so transferable and why it's so interesting. But no, I'm, I'm understanding. At least, at least one person is, I think. <laughs> but regardless of how you sort of, I don't know, what is it you're trying to understand and learn when you're doing your trying out new techniques? Is it trying to polish up a new, I don't know, system as such? Is it more, I don't know, um, you know I mean? Yes. Well, the more you can do, the more strings to your bow you've got, haven't you? Mm. Of, of course, you tell me a grappler who's true. Like, listen, there's plenty of us who, who play from the bottom. Listen, I'm guilty. I, I sometimes I wrestle like some of my matches will wrestle. Sometimes I'll scoot to me. But, but you show me a grappler who truly is happy. They can't wrestle and they can't take people's backs and they can't let everybody wants to do it all. Really, mm. obviously, it comes to how much time. Obviously, if you put more eggs into one basket, getting good in one area, of course that area is going to get quicker, faster. But um. In regards to um, how do I word this? Is more where you prioritise your development as such, is in polishing up things you're really doing well, or areas you haven't given any attention to to try and catch it up. Is where that yeah, pressure comes you, around you, to. You need to so like um, you 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 definitely need to be aware of like what needs polishing up. Like if you've got like you can have all the best tacks in the world, but every time you get you every time you get mounted, you get absolutely smashed and stuck in mount with the rest of the round. That's that's obviously there's a problem. This is what I think well, everybody's guilty of. Well, I say everybody, a lot of people are guilty of because um, we all get caught up in the bullshit part of my language. But like, say if I win, win a match on, I don't know, say it's Polaris Grapple Fest, maybe it's uh, um, on, on just an, a normal event. I've rocked up on the day and I've competed. We all get too caught up and like, yeah, we won this match. And like, obviously we should be happy. We've put a lot of work, we've got a lot of energy time away from our families, our friends. Of course we should be happy. We've worked for it. That was the goal. We've hit the goal. Obviously brilliant. But like, we get so caught up in watching like, oh, look at this bit. I did this bit good and that bit. Like, mm. there's a lot of bad things what happened, you could pick in a lot of matches. Maybe it's just times you've not got good alignment. Maybe it's maybe you give an underhook up. Maybe someone controlled your armpits. Like, you just opened up. Maybe you got swept like, it could be small things or big things, but there's always things what could be done better and like things you should be looking at. But I think sometimes we get caught up like, yeah, we won that match onto the next one. We forget like there's still problems with the, the, the things we win at and like the things where we've had a good result. It doesn't mean there's not bad parts in that good result. So this is an area I want to sort of go into quite a lot, especially with yourself, someone who's very actually competing, obviously not the minute, but like when things were very yeah. open it's the idea of being in camp full time because when you're in camp, you're not developing as such. You're trying to prime, you're trying to sharpen up what you're going to use and then get your conditioning up. And normally off season out of camp where you do your development work. So it's more how you manage that. Obviously when you're back to back camps, how do you then assess your performance? How do you then develop when you're trying to peak as well? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. I find like, um, super fights are a good example. When you take like, uh, some people don't like that word, but whatever, whatever you know, you know what, what I'm talking about. We, we have a nice um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, when you sort of like prepare for one match in specific, I feel like you don't make as much improvement 
I think you're like you, to a lot of energy is focused on like towards that one person and towards that one match rather than like improving your whole area. If that makes sense. Definitely, so it's yeah. it's a hard so sometimes it can be a hard one to juggle. Obviously, like some guys some guys are like taking super fights all the time. So maybe them guys um just generally train and just go from match to match. I'm guessing that's what they do. Myself personally, I feel like when I've got like a super fight arranged, I don't make as much progress. It's more just like sharpening my kind of tools I want to use in that particular match, if that makes sense. So the nature of a super fight or competition or match or fight also if you anyone listening if you give a shit if someone calls it a fight or a match you need to just you know have a day off a thing it doesn't matter you know what it means yeah <laughs> so there's that but like regards of preparing for a super fight an individual instead of a, a tournament with whoever tom duck or harry joining that's always an interesting premise of how you prepare for those but with a super fight do you do much self-assessment as to say what they'd be preparing for on you or what their game is such like how would you fo- how do you focus your energy in the preparation I am I, um, so I, in my preparation, I, I do a lot of pre- preparation tools and I don't tend to worry too much about what they're going to do to me. I worry about what holds I have in my game in general. But they could have been highlighted in the match before. Like I say, you should always be looking for holes in your game. Um, I, I personally, I like to just look at holes in their game and ways I can positively affect the match. At the same time, I do like to do a bit of visualization. I like to think how the match can plan out. I like to imagine it going through the, the emotions, going through the whole day. I also like to imagine being in bad positions, like I've been mounted next minute, I pop him up and I'm hanging off his leg, trying to pull his leg off. And this guy, I know, like, so like the bad situations, like, the, end up turning into more positive situations. Does that make sense? Mm, definitely. How much that helps, I don't know. Maybe I might sound odd and say everybody has their own way to prepare us, I suppose. And that's the point. This is why I'm glad you answered it the way you did. Because again, this isn't the blueprint for everyone should do it. It's how you're doing it. That's how you're finding benefit. And again, this is sort of the point. And again, it makes sense because definitely some people say only focus on yourself. But again, you're preparing for a specific opponent. If they've got, I don't know, a top tier triangle game. Like, who's the dickhead for not practicing triangle escapes? You know what I mean? Yeah. This is sort of the point, though, is being able to understand how much to focus. And so that's like, the in, difference. In, in regards to, like, defense, like, I, I will always prioritize, like, like so triangle defense is, like, a good example, to be fair. The main reason, like, the reason people get triangled, obviously, people are good at triangles and they can force triangles. But the reality is it works by just misaligning your shoulders or they get an angle on this kind of thing. So if you can like take a concept approach, a defensive concept approach, so you don't let them control your wrist, you strip, strip the whole time. You maintain the line of your shoulders. If they angle off, you square your hips to them, you square your head and keep alignment the whole time. Um, you, you make it very hard for yourself to be triangled if you're like persistent on, like, on top of these things. You know what I mean? So when it comes to like defense, like I do, obviously, of course, I do um, defensive drilling for like, like I don't know, hitchhikers escape out of arm bars and all, all these kind of. But I think like ultimately, like defense is like should be shutting things down before they happen. So I like to put more time into like shutting things before they even get going. Of, of course, you need like last ditch efforts, but like sometimes like uh, you, you can be asked a question like, how do I get out of this choke? And someone's on like a fully rock, locked up um Rear naked choke was like the defense is like long gone before that point. I'm not saying that. 
someone might pull a lighter out and light it under someone's elbow, like you see them there. But you, you know what I mean? Like the, the defense was a long time ago, and it, it wasn't actually getting out of a full blown triangle. It was like the, the defense was like keeping your shape, keeping your alignment, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Again, it's the whole pre preempting and preventing opposed to the actual escape per se. This is the whole yeah, yeah. flipping coach thing of don't get caught, which is sort of. It's annoying, but it's true. It's like, okay, yeah, don't get armbarred. The way to get, yeah. get armbarred, get armbarred. Like, yeah, you got. Pulled. And if you if if you can manage them things better rather than having to defend like later submissions, you, it's gonna be much easier on yourself, and, and you're gonna be less reactive because you literally shut it down quick, and then you you can be more proactive in what you want to do. I think once you start getting deep in things, defending things, all of a sudden you're being reactive to them, and they're being proactive towards you. And I would always. I always like to be more proactive in what I do. I want people reacting and playing my game. I want them fighting to keep their balance and not getting swept. And they're reacting to me every time I move, they're having to move because I'm moving, not the other way around, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. And I feel a lot of what you're saying there, it comes down to building that layer of defence. Like, yes, yeah. it's, it's like invisible jujitsu. It's the things you can't appreciate. They've finer details as to why, like, would you say your hitchhiker is a part of your armour defence? Of course but not getting armbarred in the position full stop is also part of that defense. It's the layer you build. Yeah. So, yeah. so for us to break down those layers before they get to even grabbing your arm. And again, like you're saying there, it's sort of, it's, you're setting the pace. You're setting this. What they're doing now isn't their attack on you. It's their follow-up from your attack. Again, setting that pace. I was liking yeah. it to them, tug all the way, explaining it, that you're already step starting two or three steps ahead of them. And they've got to catch up before they can implement their own attacks, obviously. And it's, 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 and it's, it's, it's far more exhausting reacting to people than like going, oh, I'm going to go here now. Like the boys like, yeah, mm. yeah, sweet, let's go. But when the boys oh, fuck, let's go. I'm trust me, like that's going to eat at the gas tank a lot more being like a, a lot more reactive in a match. Well, definitely. Again, it also layers behind that as well, because if we're going to have a race, me and you, 100 meter sprint, like if we start at the same time, I'd say it's even you probably still smoke me really all that part. But if I say, okay, I'm going to start now and I run, like, that's half the point. I think, shit, okay, I've got a head start. And then, so stop, I go again, okay, again, you're setting that pace. I don't yeah. know when you're going to set that pace. I don't know when to go, when to stop, when the pressure's on, and where, where you're going to go next. And as far as I'm concerned, as soon as I see it, I've got to react there and then. But you're already that step ahead, and literally so on and so forth. That's why it's so, yeah. I don't know, that kind of idea is really interesting. Now, uh, like, like, um, pace is like, like we mentioned the word pace there. Pace is another thing we can talk about in jujitsu. Like, you can suck people in, you can go slow, and next minute explode. You can be you can, some people are fast all the time. I like to go up and down the paces. Sometimes I grapple very slowly, other times I explode and I'm very aggressive. Sometimes I'm very slow and almost get like get them into a false sense of security, and then you can like explode into submissions or maybe it's a pass and. So, like, there's a, there's a lot of different things you can do when you're grappling, if you know what I mean. Oh, definitely. And this is why I like the way you're, I don't know, it's not just a cardio battle. It's not just this. And again, it's the, you're setting that pace then be disruptive because there's not so much we can both go, I don't know, 30 miles an hour. Right now we're going five, then I know I've accelerated to like 20. That is 10 yeah. miles slower than it was a minute ago. But that 15 mile difference right now is what's going to get me that position, get me that thing. And again, the setting that pace and knowing that if people are going to try and push that pace against you when you're being, like, I don't know, a slower, more counter orientated sort of style you're going to play, that may not be the best decision for them. But understanding that depth of maturity in your game, again, it's very applicable, definitely. Yeah. Now, to understand your, I don't know, competitive mindset and 
this stage of worth of experience route what how have you how have you gotten to that point where you can understand the pace setting and things like that is it something you've been caught out on before is something you've just naturally developed like how have you understood that side of stuff it's just something I naturally developed, to be honest with you. I'm t- about 10 years into grappling now. I might be a little bit over, to be honest with you. Um, I've pretty much rolled most days, like apart from the odd like day or so, maybe the odd weekend here and there. It's been most days. Like, yeah, only some, some days, only an hour. But like, it's just something I've done for a very long time. I've never found anything I've stuck to. But like, this, this is what it was, I guess. This was the thing for me. And... <laughs> Just like anything, you give anything a lot of time, but um, a lot of time I give it as well. Like I, I, I work, um, like I'm competing a lot. A lot of the competitors I come against now, there's quite a few of a full time athletes, and like this is it for them. That's their like what they're doing. Unfortunately, I'm juggling a job. I say unfortunately, like it's, it's life, isn't it? I'm happy I've got a job as well, obviously, but I'm I'm doing 44 hours a week, and then so like my day is like I'm up at half five. I'm out the house at six. I finish work at half five, I bomb home, hop in the shower, out the house for six, and then back at nine o'clock at night, and then another shower watch TV for an hour, and then back up at six. So, like, I've got a crit. So, but I, I give jujitsu a lot more time off the mat as well. Like, I, I watch a lot of tape, I think about jujitsu, I have loads of crazy ideas. Like I say, I come across a lot of madness, a lot of stuff what doesn't work, but as long as I can notice, like, it's madness once I try and play and think about them ideas. But, um, I get I, I watch and think about jujitsu a lot. So it takes although I might only get like an hour a night on the mat, like it does consume me um a fair bit. So that was my next point. I'm glad you went into it about being off the mat. Now that proactivity and that passion as well, explaining all that sort of stuff, you like doing all the work and stuff, but again, it's you the excitement to do it, I love that so much. Again, the length of time you've been training and having that level of passion and enthusiasm still is so infectious. I love that. But regards of being off the mat then, studying, watching tape, is it potential opponents? Is it specific games? Is it just watching it for being a fan's sake? Like, What is it you're doing that you find is, I don't know, leading into your actual game? Um, I'm just a student. I'm just a student of grappling. And I, like, I, can't, I can't say at the minute I'm thinking like, oh, there's one match where I really, obviously there's a few matches at some point I'd like, but like, there's no one match where I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on this guy. Like, I'm just enjoying like doing jujitsu or grappling yeah and getting better and i don't know i'll watch i'll watch a lot of things like i watch like a lot of instructionals and ways of people are doing i scour the internet like youtube body as well just looking for things and ideas and i like some people go wow like he's getting his jujitsu like but i'm just looking for ideas and just things and uh, most things i come across look look crap on on youtube obviously i'm like yeah but like just always thinking about it. Like um, I've been watching a lot of Roger Gracie lately, just mounting people like that guy. He, he won't get swept when he mounts. Like if you, if you watch, like he doesn't, when he steps from side control, his head doesn't come off. His like head stays in a line and goes like above that. Like the way he mounts is beautiful. And um, like, there's, there's so much you can learn from like watching tape and just like, it's not so much like a full sequence, like just the way they're like putting their weight down and, how the controlling positions and yeah, I, I just like to study jujitsu as, as a whole. I was getting lost in that as you were saying, that was quite nice. But again, like the sort of fluidity and the intricacies, I love that a lot because again, someone like yourself who's been surrounded by the sport, investing in the sport for length of time, again, still having that same kind of student mentality, the same kind of what else is out there, what else can I do? The same thing I was talking about with um, Rimmer earlier, how 
although the specific way he's going to do something may not be the same way you would do it, being able to take the information in and process it and also see if it can be applicable, that's half the battle. Because again, you can watch yeah. all the fancy bolo drills and this that on Instagram and like, you know, happy days, but unless you appreciate the transitions and why they work and why they don't and why certain things are applicable or not, then you can take something from it. If not, it just looks fancy yeah. and you can stick it on your reel and look, that's what I do, guys. Don't worry. It's, <laughs> it's social distance somehow. But <laughs> but no, it is really interesting, that side of things. And I'll let you enjoy your Easter Monday in just a minute, my friend. Uh, three questions for you. Same one to ask everyone. I want your yep. specific answer. So you're about to compete, about to walk out. You then walk up to you. What do you say to yourself to make sure you compete with the best mindset? Me. Um people would laugh at me but the way I'm like but by the time I'm ready to walk out um like I've been on I've been on cards with like people who are far better than me like like so I've been on cards with like people like Craig Jones on the card mm. and stuff but like uh, me personally I almost go like a little bit big headed maybe it gives me like a false sense of security I'm like I'm thinking fuck that that on my card like I gotta go a little bit cocky like it's it's the way I just like to be I like to feel like I'm an alpha in that moment I like to make myself big before I go out um when I get on the mat, I'm like, um, I fucking pace up and down that mat. I'm, I'm like a dog pissing up a tree. That's my territory. Like, um, I don't know. I'm weird the way I like to get prepped. I'm like, pissing yeah. <laughs> yeah I like, just in it, case. It, like, listen, like when I say that, it sounds ridiculous. But in that moment, that's just where I like to get myself. and like, go get me shit done. Do you know what I mean? It's fun, man. But this is a huge thing. I like the way you're explaining that because, again, what that is, it's not just the, the bravado. It's you giving yourself that problem. Okay, this is go time. This isn't just another role in the gym. This is competition. This is time to show up. This isn't time to be polite and humble. This is time to, you know, let them know what's up. Yeah, like it. I don't... <laughs> go on. Sorry, sorry, I don't want to be on... I like, as much as you're on a card with these great people, like, fuck being happy about being on that card. I'm going to be the best fucking submission on that fucking... on that night, on that card, like... Do you know what I mean? Like you can, 100%. if you can hit a six up on a car where some people like that are, it's gonna get around. Do you know what I mean? This is it. If like Craig and the meows and that get stored out to a decision, everyone's gonna say that was shit. But did you see Matty Holmes get that inside heel hook? Like all those little clips, yeah. like fuck. I and mean, that's where you get your own like okay, like little victory. Definitely, it's half the battle though. Because again, like yes, they are more reputable, more known out of the general community. But again, it's a collective platform. People watching the show to watch them, they see you as well. Okay, shit. Oh, shit. Who's this guy? And then so on and so forth. But yeah, I like that a lot. The sort of confidence that, you know, you're not here to be part of the numbers. You're there to show up and there to, you know, put on a performance. No, it's good to have that confidence. Second question, my personal favorite. Post-win, titles, belts, whatever it is. After the fact, Deliveroo, takeaways, talk to me. What's going on? Oh, man, I'm like, I'm a pig. Like everything, it'll be chippies, KFCs, the lot me, um, waffles, the lot me, yeah. <laughs> the smile, the smile, I yeah, love yeah. it. Train um, hard, eat easy. Eat well, <laughs> mate, eat, eat properly. <laughs> um, last one for you. Um, day one beginner walks in, full of beans, full of enthusiasm. What sort of rule of thumb do you give them to get started on the right foot? Um, just enjoy himself and just like make it clear to him you're gonna get your ass handed to you and like the sooner they can follow that and realize like hang on i can be that person handing it to people at some point and like i don't feel like they need to realize it takes time yeah if maybe that's the best thing it's gonna take time but like it works <laughs> learn to enjoy it quickly thank you so much for your yeah. time my friend anyone you want to shout out to your social media sponsors anything like that 
Um, thanks to Paul Rimmer, my head coach, Next Generation, um, all the coaches there, all my teammates, um, MVR, my um, sponsor, and all the shows that have had me on, Polaris have had me on, Grapple Fest have had me on. Um, yeah, everybody who's helped me along the way and everybody who sends positive energy, peace, and hopefully we can all get back to doing what we want to do soon. Fantastic. And your social media for people to reach out to you? Matty Holmes 89 that's Instagram perfect that'll all be in the description be sure to check out the podcast sponsors English Hypnotist again we talk about mindset a lot on the podcast and depends on if it's developmental if it's to sort of help you with your doing well get rid of these sort of roadblocks self-sabotage again to, to be the best version of you your mindset has to be in check so it's definitely a conversation with Rich it's definitely worth it and good performance nutrition Dan Good former professional athlete and again, now he runs a successful PT business good gym business and again getting the supplement side of things a very genuine person products good quality good price support local business and again everyone can grow from that um, Balotudos and Rash Guards are in stock new shorts on route keep posting the website but yes yeah, stay safe stay grateful stay positive and keep being you <laughs>